Welcome to Joyful Marketing. I'm Simone Soul, and I teach you how to get your life coaching practice fully booked without having to pay for ads, buy Instagram followers, or complicated sales funnels. It's not rocket science, and you can do it too. Listen on to find out how. Hey friends, I want to share with you today an idea, a concept, a practice that I have consistently practiced myself in my own business, in my own copywriting for years, and has been honestly one of the most impactful things that I, that has brought me, you know, all the wonderful things in my business. And it's a really simple idea. And I really, really want to like, imagine that you're in front of me (laughs) and imagine that I'm like holding you in your shoulders, looking deeply into your eyes and saying, please, please, please do this when you write your copy. Please do this when you write your posts. Please do this when you send your emails and have this moment with yourself when you check in and slow down and do this before you post because this is going to be what gets you that scroll stopping content that people aren't just going to gloss over. That makes people stop and read and look and think and engage. Okay. I get so much wonderful feedback on my copy. Like, you know, I get emails all the time from people on my email list saying, your emails are the only ones I read. And I just, I can't get enough of your emails. Like I print these out and, and I read them over and over and I just love your email so much. Why do I get those emails? It's because I do this, right? Why do I get people, you know, like, I mean, at, at my revenue level right now of, you know, multiple seven figure revenue level compared to other people at this, at this range, I have very few followers. I don't have a big audience, right? But the reason that I'm able to have the business that I have today is because the comparatively few people who do follow me are just obsessed with everything that I say. And again, how do you cultivate that? It's by doing this one thing to create scroll stopping content over and over and over again. And it's this, take emotional risks. It's three words and such an important, profound, game-changing practice if you commit to doing it consistently. Don't just write. Write and take an emotional risk. Don't just show up and talk. Before you talk, think about what emotional risk you're going to take to get real with the people that you're talking to. And of course, I'm going to expand a little bit about on what it means to take emotional risks. Okay. A lot of the times, the reason that our copywriting, our marketing falls flat is because we unconsciously go into a kind of performative mode. And when we when we write, we accidentally end up writing in this kind of infomercial voice, which is different from the way you normally talk to your friends and family and just like the people that you know in real life, right? It's so very, very few people, and it takes a lot of practice and skill to do this actually, but very few people write copy the way they talk. I am willing to bet that if like 98% of my listeners that's you, right, were to read your own copy out loud to yourself, 
it would sound nothing like the way you normally talk, right? If you were to read out your copy out loud to your best friend, your best friend is probably most likely not going to say, yep, that basically sounds like you. They're going to be like, who is this marketing persona, right? And the reason that happens is because we just unconsciously get into this a little dissociation <laughs> between our real selves and our marketing selves. And we, we put on this persona. And so the antidote to that is to take emotional risks. And the act of taking an emotional risk, what it does is it kind of punches a hole through this performative marketing persona with this infomercial voice, like, have you ever experienced blah, blah, blah? Well, I've got the solution for you. Like, click here if you want to book a, you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) That's the infomercial voice. Like so many of us end up writing, speaking in that voice, or we say, you know, like, uh, there's so much inner fulfillment that you can experience and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, you would never like use those words if you're just talking to your close friend, right? So, what taking emotional risks does is that it'll punch a hole through that fake marketing persona that creates a distance between you and whoever's listening to you because it doesn't sound like you. And it'll bring what you're saying down to a very personal, intimate level, which is inherently a hundred thousand times way more interesting to the listener, to the reader, and it draws them in in a voice I'm in a way where an infomercial voice never will because it'll actually sound like a human being is talking to them. Let's say, for example, that I want to write copy about the importance of good habits, right? This is just like a totally generic example. The importance of good habits and how they're actually a lot easier to build than you would think, right? So let's say that's something that you want to talk about as a life coach, right? And So left to our our own devices, on default, people just stay at the level of talking about abstractions, about concepts of this is why habits are important. And this is why we don't tend to, you know, cultivate good habits. And this is what happens. And then we kind of get into this like, yeah, this conceptual abstract level where we're talking about ideas, right? About what habits are like and why we have them, why we don't, like how to cultivate good ones. Here's step one, two, three, right? They're very, these are what I, what I, I call these, you know, staying in the realm of ideas and concepts, right? So when I ask myself, and then this was me not too long ago, I was general life coach coaching on all of the topics, right? I wasn't, I was not always a business coach. And then when I caught myself thinking, okay, so I want to write something about habits and I want to let people know how to create good habits or let people know that I can help them with that. And instead of going to the default thing that my brain wants to do, which is to talk about habits, right? And talk about ideas related to habits. I would ask myself, okay, how can I take an emotional risk with this topic? Right. And often the, the way was to get a little more personal, right? Cause there's no emotional risk in talking about the nature of habits, right? You just like spout off your, your thoughts and like your ideas. And you know that all, all of those ideas are good and it'll, it'll be enlightening and it'll be interesting. And it's like, these are all good ideas. Great. There's no emotional edge there. There's no risk taking there. You're not, you're not revealing anything interesting. You're just like trying to teach them an idea, right? So oftentimes, right? 
this is not the only way to take an emotional risk, but oftentimes when I would ask myself, okay, how can I take an emotional risk with this? Then the, the answer was, okay, I could get a little personal with it, right? So instead of talking about habits, I could think about, think about like, oh, hmm, let me see. What's a time that I personally struggled with a habit? How do I get even more personal? Okay, maybe I can talk about that time recently where I was trying to, I don't know, like stop eating junk food. I'm kind of making this up, but not really, because this is like not that different from what I I actually used to do and still do. I would talk about my own like successes and failures with, actually, I I would pick like a specific story from my life, right? That would illustrate the point that I'm trying to make that would actually get me to slow down and reveal something about myself and risk being seen, risk being known, risk people having thoughts about like the specific aspect of my life because I'm telling them an intimate story about about it, right? Or if I were to get more specific and, and get more personal, it might not be about me, but I might tell you about a story from a cl- one of my clients, right? And when I do that, I would either leave the leave the specifics vague so it's not identifiable who I'm talking about, or I would get permission from my client to talk about it in my marketing, right? First, that's important. But, you know, when I think about, okay, so I'm going to tell this story about my client, that's far more of a risk than just talking about the nature of habits, because there's risk in specificity. I'm going to say that one more time because it's really important. There is risk in specificity, Because if you're being general, if you're being abstract, if you're being conceptual, nobody can can fight you about it. Nobody can disagree with any of it. If you say, like, good habits are important, like, who's going to argue with that, right? But if you give them something way more specific, like, you tell a real story from your life and you're like, this was the cost, right, of abandoning the habit that I committed to, and you're specific about what that is, right? And... This is what tangibly improved in my life because I did this habit. Again, just as an example, that is, that gives the reader or the listener, whatever, far more to like think about and to potentially disagree with you about or potentially pick bones with, (laughs) pick problems with, right? That is what emotional risk means. And that is a good thing. If there's nothing in your copy that anybody can disagree with, or be offended by, or potentially misunderstand, that is not good. What that makes your copy is generic and forgettable and scroll pastable, right? So I always just start by asking myself this question, how can I take more of an emotional risk with this? And like I said, I either get personal and tell a more personal story that feels a little bit vulnerable to tell. I get more specific about how something shows up in my life or the lives of people around me. And I, I take the risk of giving a specific example that people may or may not resonate with or, or that may, might make, make people feel called out or make me feel called out, right? There, there it is, the emotional risk. Another question that I ask myself is when I'm about to say something, when I'm about to talk about something, I ask myself, okay, what's the more honest version of what I'm trying to say, right? Like, let's say I'm talking about goal setting, right? I want to talk about, I want to write copy about an aspect of goal setting that I want to teach my people about. And instead of talking about, this is why it's so important to set goals, and this is probably what you're doing wrong with goal setting, right? 
I ask myself, hmm, okay, how would I say this if I were telling a more honest version of what I'm of, of this topic? How can I be more real about this? What would be a way of saying this without any bullshit? That's one of my favorite questions. How can I be more real? How, what's a more honest version? What, what's the version of this without bullshit, without pretension? Right. And when I just kind of fling that question out there for my brain to play with, it always comes up with something really interesting. It always comes up with like, Oh, you know what? Here's how I'm going to get real about this. Here's the part where I'm going to be really honest about the thing that it would be so much easier to like pretend to be more whatever, more socially appropriate, more polite, more less risky. I can tell you that basically I actually, like I'm telling you the complete truth. I actually stop and ask myself this exact question in probably two thirds of the emails that I send to my people. That literally, like if, you, if you're if you on my email list and you've ever thought, oh my God, her emails are so good, it's literally because I stop before I start writing and I ask myself, okay, I want to talk about a thing. What's the most honest version of that, that that I can talk about? What's the real version? How do I say this without bullshit? And, and that, these questions point my mind to where I was trying to pretend, where I was trying to put a little distance of formality and performativeness between me and my audience. And I just like sweep that layer away. And then what it has the effect of is like pulling you in closer to me. It's like, I imagine like I'm pulling my chair up closer to be like, look, listen, I don't tell everybody this, but this is what's really going down, right? Like, I trust you. So I'm going to tell you the version without bullshit. Like that is the effect that that has. And that is what gets people being like, wow, this is actually interesting for me to read, right? A related question that I ask myself, how would I say this if I weren't in a performative kind of mode? That's a million dollar question, right? If I wasn't trying to be performative, if I wasn't trying to like be expert or whatever, how would I say this if I were being fucking real, right? If I were going past the the noise and the politeness and the, and you know, being appropriate and looking like an expert. If I just like take all of that away, what would I say? What story would I tell? What is the emotional risk I can take here? Say something that feels like an edge of safety. Push the boundaries. Say what you really mean, right? Say the thing that's like a little bit scary for you to say. Say something that you're like, oh no, I know who's going to get mad about this. Oh no, I know who's going to misunderstand this. Oh no, this is going to get some people unsubscribing. Oh no, if I say this, they might think blah, blah, blah. Your brain will give you so much crap (laughs) to keep you from taking emotional risks because your brain thinks that safety is found in safety, (laughs) like being bland, being generic, being polite, being conceptual, being performative, being putting a a safe distance between you and the reader so that you don't have to take any risks. You don't have to risk being known. You don't have to risk triggering thoughts in them. And what that does 
is it makes you likable. It makes you unquestionable. It makes you forgettable. This is a maxim that I live by, a marketing principle that I live by. If it's not repelling anyone, it's not powerfully drawing anyone in either. I'm going to say that again. It's so important. If it's not repelling someone, it's not powerfully drawing in anyone either. If you're not inviting some people to say no, or I don't get it, or I disagree, or I whatever, then you're not inviting people into a fuck yes experience either. When you take emotional risks, that's when you become interesting. That's when you become scroll stop worthy. When you try to be safe and likable and professional and, and all of that, that makes you forgettable. Now, this isn't like being, this is an important caveat, like this isn't being like provocative for provocation's sake, right? This isn't like you got to piss people off or you got to also always tell super personal stories. Like you don't, you have to be super edgy all the time. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that you have to, every time you write, every time you speak, I encourage you to, to pause a little bit and check which parts of you is showing up that kind of wants to hide behind this like marketing persona. And then instead getting rid of that and instead kind of drawing the reader or the listener into a kind of intimacy with you. It's about, and then the intimacy requires trust, right? Like you have to trust your reader first. You have to trust the listener first to see you, to like you, to get you, to be on board with you, to want to go there with you. You have to trust them to be like honored and interested and appreciative that you're, you're sharing your truth, that you're taking this emotional risk. Now, will everybody feel that way? No. But then guess what? Not everybody's your people. Not everybody's going to buy from you. What taking emotional risks does is it repels those who are never going to be your clients, who are never going to give you any money, who are never going to go with you to the place that you want to go with your community, with your business. And then it lets your people know, oh, this is the conversation I want to be part of, right? So it's about intimacy. It's about a relationship of trust and realness and honesty that you first take the initiative to show them like on my end here, I'm, I'm showing up as the real me and I'm inviting you to sit down in this conversation with me, right? We all want more of the real authentic you and the real authentic you is not a pastel cat video <laughs> that everybody likes, right? It's, it's not, you know, like you are complex. You are gritty. You are, you have lots of opinions and not, that not everybody agrees with. You have a unique way of looking at things that not everybody agrees with. Like we want to show us all of the edges. And when you ask yourself, how do I take an emotional risk with this? That's going, that question is going to point you to a place where you can show up and experiment with trusting people with some of your edges. That's going to get people stopping scrolling and paying attention to you. 
So we don't have to make it more complicated than it needs to be. Every time you want to say something, ask yourself, what's an emotional risk I can take here so that I can get into a deeper intimacy with the people I serve? What's an emotional risk I can take here so I can be more real with the people who I want them to trust me with their inner lives? That's what we life coaches do, right? We're inviting them to trust us. We're inviting them to basically like tell us their deepest, darkest secrets <laughs> and to like have enough trust in us to, to feel safe, really handing over the inside of their hearts and minds. Like, isn't that our job? That is our job. That's what we do as life coaches, right? And so to create that relationship of trust and mutual seeing, right? You got to show up and do your part first. You want them to trust you. You have to trust them. You have to trust them to see you and love you through what you reveal through taking those emotional risks. All right. So that's it. Very simple. Before you write, before you speak, ask yourself, how can I take an emotional risk here? What's the honest version of this? How can I be real about it? How can I say this without the bullshit? Who am I willing to offend with this? Where am I willing to be misunderstood? Because it's that important to me to just say what I mean. How would I say this if I'm going beyond trying to perform? If I'm going past the noise, if I'm going past the politeness, what would I say? Reach within, pull out the answer. That is going to be the glue of connection that puts your business on a totally different level going to change everything. All right, my friends, I'll talk to you next week. Hey, if you want a shot of fresh inspiration and actionable tips to improve your marketing every single week in your inbox, you better get on my email list. Sign up to receive my free ebook called 20 Unsolicited Copy Tips. It's been known to get people to come out of the woodwork and ask to work with you. So get on that link in the show notes and I'll see you in your inbox next time.